Welcome to Don't Forget the Small Stuff, the podcast that celebrates the overlooked and forgotten little moments in films. I'm Jess, and with me today is Chris. Hey, where's Andy? Well, that is the that is the question. Where is Andy? Well, he's just not available today, so we're going to be doing something slightly different. Uh, it seems wrong of us to do um, a regular, proper small stuff episode without him. So you and I are going to do something different today, Chris. We're going to do we're going to go through our top ten films. Uh, and um, yeah, see what comes out. Uh, before we do any of that, though, I've got to do the get the admin out of the way. Um, listeners should know that uh, you can find us online at smallstuffcast.com. Um, we are at smallstuffcast on X, which you can find at twitter.com, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can contact us using email at smallstuffcast.com. And our music is by Skeleton King. You can find more of Skeleton King's work by following the link in the show notes. Right, now that's all taken care of. Yeah, so we're going to go through our top tens, top ten movies, that is, uh, which is something you and I have done a fair amount in our in our past, Chris. I would say it was a staple of our early friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Before we worry too much about, that, actually, no. Let's let's talk about that now. Um, what is? Are you are you a list maker? I feel like you're a comfortable list maker. Yes. I mean, actually, yes. just earlier this week, maybe at the beginning or end of last week, you sent me a list of your your the top five or six hockey players of all time. So um, yes. yeah, it's in your blood to make lists, huh? I I love to rank things. Yeah. And is it very important that the the list is in order that you have to rank them? Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want like. Well, that's not true because, uh, as you know, uh, you and I in the past have played uh, the Mount Rushmore game. Yeah, and so when we do Mount Rushmore, you, it's not ranked. So I guess it depends on the format. But if I'm doing a top ten, I'm not. I'm not doing a, a submit a, a ten of of no order. If, if you're doing a top ten, it has to be one to ten. Yeah, it has to mean something. Exactly. Otherwise, I don't know. You would. Why not just do a, a top? I don't know what you would even call it—a a, a top random yeah. collection of thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. I guess see, the, got, the, I'm rattled just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Mount Rushmore thing is different, though, isn't it? Because it's the, the rules are already there. You know, you know the rules of a Mount Rushmore. It's four things. Yes, yeah. exactly. And those presidents Which are my, my favorite ever uh, Mount Rushmore was when we did the Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmores. <laughs> Uh, I was just about to ask you which was your number one, but that's so just defeating yeah. the the object of the the Mount Rushmore. Okay, right. Um, but I think, yeah, we we'll talk a little bit more about the top ten. So I guess where this comes from from me for me is that uh, one of the one of the things I did when we were I was living in the U.S. not, not far from you, we would see each other regularly. I before the internet became what it is now. I had a little website uh, with a form on it and I encouraged people to send me their ranked top 10 lists and mm -hmm. I would get lists from people from all over the world sending me lists and I would compile them into a larger composite list. Uh, and I feel like 
we talked about that quite a lot at the time, didn't we, when we were doing that? Yeah, because, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think it's overly dramatic to say you learn something about a person <laughs> when you see their top 10 list. And, uh -huh. and it's amazing how often when some, when, when you see somebody's top 10 movie list and how surprised and shocked you will be in, uh, what's there and what's not there. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, true. That's a, that's a really nice way of putting it. Uh, I tell you what, before we go any further with the movie talk, um, you had another theory you wanted to share with me and I thought it might be quite good to, to share it as a part of the podcast. Well, it goes along with you were talking before I sent you the list of the best hockey players of all time. Yeah. And uh, I did it uh, playing the game the way it's intended to be played. So when any sport, whatever you want to talk about, uh, football, American football, hockey, soccer, cricket, and baseball, um, when anybody says who's the greatest of all time, they mean in relative terms. They mean com compared to the era, whether they don't realize they mean this or not. Yeah. Because my theory is the greatest of all time is whoever is the best right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. Because, and the proof I would have, because some people will get defensive on this. And I do think, first of all, it's always very interesting that people who always think the best of all time was the person who was the best when they were young. Um, yeah. Okay. When when the person when so if I'm saying who my who I think is the best, it was the person who was the best when I was a kid or when I was yes in my formative years. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Exactly. But the the proof to me that the best of all time is whoever is the best right now is field goal kickers in the NFL. Yeah. They're remarkably better than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this. Andy and I were talking about this a week or two ago. They're insane. They, they, they're kicking from 60 yards regularly, well, not regularly, but easily. Right. And if, if you've got a field goal kicker on your team that can at least have a chance at a 60-yarder, then you probably are thinking of getting a new kicker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, but, but the, and the reason for that is it's obvious and easy. We just, over years, we learn better techniques on how to train kickers and how to practice. And um, kids start from a younger age yeah. and uh, training and diet and all these things have just, they keep getting better and better. Yeah. And so, for example, I'm a Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes is my guy. I, I would venture to guess, and I don't think this is an outrageous statement at all. I bet you Patrick Mahomes got better coaching when he was 10. Mm hmm uh, as a quarterback, than Dan Marino, our favorite player ever, yeah. probably got in the NFL. Yeah, very, very possibly. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's got, and it's, it's no comment on the the coaches at the time. It's simply techniques and um, understanding of human behavior, and all of those things have improved. Yes, in the 40 they just years. evolved. Yeah. Oh, and not only that, but um, Dan Marino probably didn't have a quarterback coach. I would guarantee until he was in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. And I'd have to go back and look to be sure on this, but I bet he didn't have a quarterback coach when he started in the NFL because I don't think quarterback coaches actually became a thing until the 90s. Okay, yep. So, and like I said, kids these days, if you're if you're 10 and you're playing quarterback on your flag football team, you probably go through go and see somebody that specializes in the throwing motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean... You, so you were relying back the back then. You're relying entirely on your natural talent. Yes. Uh, and 
that doesn't, at least until you get to the very elite level, that doesn't get uh, necessarily tweaked as much as it does now by people exactly. who know how to retrain people who have got that natural talent to make them better. Right. Yeah. Well, and the, the other example I'd use because I'm a basketball fan, it's NBA players these days, they make shots that guys in our back in our day would have been benched for even taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And these guys make them on a regular basis now because, again, the training that they've had since they were little little children is is just been so far more advanced than the players would have got that were born that were our age. Yeah. So it, that theory goes hand in hand with uh, it, it's basically what you said that that um, people can the greatness of any particular athlete can only really be compared with uh, the people that they were playing alongside and against yes. at the time they were playing. Like how exactly. did they compare with their peers? Uh, and I, it's a bit of a ta bit of a tangent off a tangent here, but I, you remember when the end, um, Major League Baseball released their All Century team at the right. at the turn of the century. I bought that book. I love that book. Uh, and Greg Maddox didn't make the all-century team. He wasn't one of the nine pitchers or whatever that were, were picked. But at, in the preamble of the book, the first few pages, they talked about the people that didn't make the list. And one of the things they said about Maddox is that if you compare him to the people he was playing against and with at the time, he's so far ahead of everybody else, numbers-wise, statistics-wise, performance-wise. Right that there's an argument to be made that, you know, he he definitely should have been on the list. He was, could be potentially the greatest player that's ever lived because of how much better he was than everybody else. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. Or another example I, I would give is like, um, I, I think there's a solid argument to make that Bill Russell's the greatest basketball player of all time. Mm -hmm. But if you threw Bill Russell in a time machine, and threw him in a game tonight in the NBA, I don't think he would, he wouldn't be able to even play. He wouldn't no. be able to get on the floor. He wouldn't keep up. No. Now, if you took five-year-old Bill Russell and threw him in a time machine and brought him now and gave him all the modern coaching, yeah. I think, you know, he would become one of the all-time greats. But yeah. yeah, anyways, that's my theory of sports. That, Love uh, it. And it ruins all the arguments, so it's no fun. So I, I don't, I rarely bring it up. I like it. I like it. It only ruins the arguments of the people who um, are unwilling to, uh, uh, you know, acknowledge that the person they think is the best might not be the best. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our top tens. Uh, we are going. Let's uh, just talk quickly how this is going to work. I think we're going to go from ten to one, so reverse order, and we are going to both say who is our 10, then our 9, and then our 8, and so on until we get to get to the 1. I have very little uh, expectations of what your 10 is going to be, to be honest with you, Chris, because you still watch movies a lot. You, I know yes. every year you try and see all of the Best Picture Oscar nominees. Uh, yes. So you, in the 20 or so the years that... A correction, by the way, just yeah. Lisa and I try to watch every single Oscar-nominated movie. Yeah, not just the best pictures, but oh, every category. Okay, best well, costume, makeup. You maniacs! We try to watch every single one. <laughs> okay, well that, that backs up my point even more. Um, I don't watch movies anymore, really. I mean, I try. You know, every once in a while, uh, we'll go to the movies. We saw Oppenheimer, um, 
because it was you know relatively big deal but i don't watch films as much as i used to so my potentially my top 10 has changed a lot less than yours potentially i don't know we'll see how it goes uh, but it also means there are going to be huge gaps because there will be some films that you know are recognized globally as masterpieces that i may not even have seen um, right but i don't i don't really care i i have actually made a conscious effort this time to make this list as personal to me as possible uh, i think back in the day i was always aware to one degree or another of um what you're supposed to like what mm, films are yep. highly regarded glo uh yeah globally or you know socially whatever and for whatever what to whatever degree i was probably influenced by that and made choices based on what i thought i was supposed to to choose uh, and i suspect i've probably done that even now but you know you become more and more aware of of things as you get older so yeah i've if there was ever a choice to be made about what goes where and what makes it and what doesn't uh, i went with my personal gut rather than um you know some sort of perception which probably i would have been swayed by in the past right yeah so before we start chris do you have anything else you want to mention about your list or your how you went about it or anything like that well no just to say that um I, anybody that's listening if you've never made your top 10 movie lists i i strongly suggest you do it it's a it's a fascinating exercise in self-reflection i think and the 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 reality is i i i think you're you will agree with this point. I, I'll be interested to get your point on it. But the reality is that a top 10 list, especially of movies for me, it's 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 not real. Um, <laughs> because what I found out from making my top 10 list the first time I ever did it was that I have about 50 movies that are in my top 10. Yeah. Um, the list I'm going to give you today, these are the list of 10 that are on my list today. Yeah. If you ask me tomorrow... Or if I went and watched one of the movies that made that was number eleven, yep. I would probably change my list. And so what I've discovered over time is um, saying something. It, it's a way that I am able to try and um, to to tell people how I feel about a movie. To say I'm I I would consider it for my top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, there may be as fifty movies that aren't on here. But if I tell you it's in my top ten, or yeah, this. All right, I'm going to give you a slight spoiler for one that's not on there. Okay. The movie Tar is not in my top 10. It what came movie out what? Sorry? Tar. Tar, okay. With, um, I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name now that's in it. But um, anyway, so yes, when I saw Tar, I said that that movie could go in my top 10. It's not, mm -hmm. but it would definitely be in consideration when I was making the list. And so uh, that is almost more important than the list itself. Almost. Oh, steady on. Not okay. Quite, all right. Almost. Good. All right. Well, I, I'm delaying tactics here, but no, I just, that reminds me of something that, because um, I told Jess, uh, other small stuff team member, Jess, uh, that we were going to do this. And I encouraged her to make her top 10 as well, because uh, at some point in the future, we'll get her on a, on a, on a pod and do her top 10 and we'll do it with Andy as well and the others. Um, and uh, she said, well, let me see if I can guess what's going to be on your top 10. And she mentioned a couple of films that she was convinced would be on my top 10 because of how I've talked about them in the past. 
And I said, no, that's that's not that's not on it. No, that's not on it. She's like, what? What? But you told me it was one of your favorite movies. Like, yeah, but there are a lot of movies. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it kind of backs up your point a little bit. All right, let's go. Let's start with number 10. Chris, All right. what is your what is your number 10? So um, kind of going along with what we just said now, uh, I will tell you that I have a hard eight that are always there. Okay. Yep. Nine and 10 shift around quite a bit. So mm-hmm. today, my number 10 is Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Are you going to back that up a little bit? Yeah, I think um, I, I think I might make the argument. So you and I had talked about before when we were thinking about a format for this podcast about doing an all-time Oscars. Yeah. Uh, if we were doing an all-time Oscars, I think I might nominate this for the all-time best original screenplay. Okay. I love the dialogue in this movie, uh, specifically the the speech where um, Sean gives the big speech to Will when they're sitting on a park bench, and he says, "I, you know, thought, thought about what you said about me, and now I haven't thought about you since." And he goes over all the examples of ways that Will would be smart, but he's like, "You don't know what it's like to be in a war. You don't know what it's like to look at the Sistine Chapel. All these things." Um, I, I actually I use that quote in class. Uh, uh, I'm an English teacher, and I use it in class to talk about um, how I want students to approach um, their analysis of literature. That you know, there's a there's a, a lot when we look at a story that I can I can do. I can tell you what the literary techniques are, but what I can't do is give you. I can't know what your reaction is to it. That's yeah. so why I tell students that's where the stuff becomes interesting when you react to it on a personal level. And that little speech in there, I, I think it just was. Well, kind of life changing for me to hear that and think about you know we all what we have to offer is who we are and that's the most important thing so that's my number ten I just think that movie's beautifully written okay I have I to my to my shame I have seen it once uh, oh really yeah and I remember not being not loving it uh, which you know I guess I don't know I don't know what to say about that I, I think younger me was perhaps not getting things. Um, yeah. Now I need to revisit it for sure. It's um, it's come up a few times in the last few months. People mentioning it, and I just I gotta I gotta revisit that. Well, I think it's you know it's an important uh, point you make though that I think we should say about making top ten lists or anything like this. And this is something I say to my classes all the time, right? Not everybody has to like everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay if you don't like Goodwill Hunting. I do. <laughs> this <laughs> this has a, you. This pick has reminded me that I. It's worth saying. I think your list will be far more cerebral than my list <laughs> maybe i don't know i'm making assumptions uh yeah you'll have real reasons for uh your your picks or mine will just be oh i love that one yeah <laughs> all right my number 10 is field of dreams oh yeah i uh so i similarly i feel like i have eight that are definitely like i wrote them down pretty quickly the eight and then mm-hmm. The last two spots. I watched a few movies in the last week just to just to see what was uh, what what drew me. And almost as soon as I started Field of Dreams, and the music started, <laughs> and the the whole mood of the film sort of kicked in. I'm like, oh yeah, what am I doing? This is this is in the ten. I just yeah. uh, I'm a sucker for Kevin Costner. As it turns out, I didn't realize this until recently, but as it turns out. And I love baseball. Yeah, uh, I love 
baseball history, one of my prized possessions is the DVD collection of the Ken's, Ken Burns baseball uh, documentary, which I love yep. deeply. And I'm a sentimental old sap. And this film does all of those things. Honestly, I had tears in my eyes 40% of the film. Right. Because there are so many moments as a parent, as uh, a son who has recently lost both his parents. Yep. There's so much about this film that connects with me even more so now than it did, you know, 10 years ago before my parents died and probably the last time sure. I saw it. And uh, yeah, I just, I loved it so much. Just yeah, I actually watched it yesterday and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is, this is the one that's got to go in. And like, there's lots about it that is really obvious to, to kind of, I guess we talk about the small stuff of it, I guess we're drawing it back to where we, where we started. There are some incredibly great small moments. So James Earl Jones's performance is magnificent. You know, I was about to say that. Yeah. For an actor who's known for being Darth Vader with no subtlety whatsoever, his performance is as one of the best as, as far as I can tell. It's so amazing. And then there's an, a beautiful scene when they go to the place in Minnesota to try and find Doc Graham and mm-hmm. they realize he's died like whatever, 14 years ago. And, um, and they interview some of the townsfolk in the bar and they have three little um, conversations with three old dudes in the bar. And each one of them is just so touching and, lovely that mm. like there's so much small stuff in here that i love as well so yeah that's my guy well that's my pick. you know uh the the speech by james Earl did's baseball ray i mm-hmm. love that speech mm-hmm. uh, i was gonna ask you jess and i don't know if this would play into your love of the movie have you been to field of dreams no we were so close do you remember chris we we spent a couple of days in that's a right. hotel in um uh eastern iowa, iowa. yeah but and we were Racing close, but we didn't go. Wooden cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the toy museum. That's right. The rocket. <laughs> yeah, but so no, I have. That's as close as I ever came to it. Oh, okay. I would, I would well, love I, to go. I have been, and it's an experience. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Is the house there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's man. exactly as it is in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's so great. And you, and you need to make sure you go the right time of year because you want the corn to be not the right length. Yeah. But. yeah. Well, that's the other. That's another reason why it, I guess at the personal level it, it it hits me as well because you know I, we we lived in Iowa for yes, multiple years of our lives. So uh, you know the sounds, the the way it looks, that's all familiar to us as well. Yeah. Uh, just quick segue because I think it's a funny story. Uh, Jess and I, as as he mentioned, we spent a weekend together. He was visiting uh, the U.S. and. Uh, we did. We ditched our wives at the toy museum and spent about an hour and a half racing toy wooden cars against like little children. <laughs> <laughs> and would you? Was it fair to say that our car was the best, Chris? We 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 destroyed those kids. Yeah, the yeah. rocket was unbeatable. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Good. I'm glad. All right. Um, what's your number nine? All right. My number nine is Unforgiven. Oh, what a pick! Um, a movie. Uh, that I don't have a specific memory of, but we may have seen together, actually. Yeah, we did. Because uh, oh. I saw it at Graceland. Um, and um, not the whole movie doesn't stand out 
in a in a way of of dialogue and writing from uh, the way Goodwill Hunting does, but um, some of the best lines ever in a movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we all got it coming, kid. Uh, hell of a thing to kill a man. Take everything he's got, everything he's gonna ever gonna have. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those kinds of lines just really get to me. And uh, yeah, just a, a great example of. Um, you know, one of the first probably movies of of, of, a, of a true anti-hero. Uh, William Money is not. I mean, you know, he's not a good guy. No, he's a killer. He's a killer Kill, of women and women children. And children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he and you're and and uh, he doesn't say no. I'm not. He says I'm going to kill you next. Right? Yeah. He doesn't deny it. He's like, yeah, that's what I am. And uh, yeah, just a great, uh, a great. I mean, come on, the the care the actors in that movie, right? Uh, mm. Gene Hackman. Uh, yeah, an all-timer by Gene Hackman, I think. Yes. It's just Then he exactly. did he win the I think he won the Oscar for best supporting for best actor. supporting actor. Yeah. He might have. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. So Yeah, it was it was on my long list. Chris, Unforgiven was definitely on my long list. But I again, what I haven't seen it for a long time and I need to. I haven't either. Well, um it, so um we do a thing with my family called the Hat. <laughs> Um, and we we've, we've stopped doing it now because my children have gotten a little older and don't live two of the three don't live at home anymore. Mm-hmm. But all five of us would put three movies in a hat, and then we would pull movies out of the hat. And I I never put Unforgiven in the hat. And you've never forgiven yourself. <laughs> well, I don't forget. Uh, yeah, I'm unforgiven because because uh, now I I try to suggest it. I want to get them to sit down and watch it. and They won't do it. Oh. Um, so presumably the hat was sacred, right? Whatever dro- got drawn out was what you were. Got to watch it. So yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I watched Pop Star because that's what <laughs> you were put in. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I approve of that pick. Uh, my number nine is, it's another Kevin Costner film, Chris. It's Thirteen Days. Oh, Thirteen Days. Yeah. So it is. This is the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, no yeah. one else on the planet has this has this film in their top ten. I will, I would wager, like it's. Huh. I think it's been it's completely you know forgotten about in history. Like when I went wanted to try and buy the the Blu-ray of it, I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to buy a German version, but German Blu-ray of it, it's just not available. Wow! And but I love it. I watched yeah. it I, again. It was one of the ones on the bubble, and I was like, well, I better just give it. And I just. It gets me every time. Kevin Costner, he kind of, I don't know if uh, he's, he's playing a real person who existed in, 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 in this role that he plays. But I, what I don't know is how involved he was in, right. in the crisis. I, got, I couldn't tell you how true to life that aspect of it was. But basically he carries the film on his back throughout the whole thing. So he's in a lot of the scenes, most of the scenes. Uh, and um, yeah, I find him really affecting uh, he goes home to his family on the, the the night before it might all properly kick off, you know. And, he, and his line is, um, uh, "What is it? The only thing between oh no, um, if the sun rises tomorrow, it will because it will be because of men of good character, uh, mm. and that is all that is between us and the devil." And then he starts breaking down, sobbing on the stairs with his wife, and it's just like, "Oh my god, that's just right." Yeah. And the the fact is, it's real, right? That happened. I feel like it's an event in time that as more and more people who lived through it um, 
die, it's getting lost from memory because because no one else talks about it, right? It, 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 nothing actually happened. So right. it's not it's not something that ultimately has that much importance. But at the time, for the people who were living through it, it was everything, you know. People were having to build bomb shelters in their gardens and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So from a historical perspective, it was a massive deal to the people who lived through it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think they, you know, it's made by a director that's, you know, so-so with with mostly a cast of people who are good actors but not big names. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but, yeah, I, for me, it just works so well. I have, I have a couple of things to say about that movie. First of all... Um, as you and I, as, as non-Americans, it was a little bit of an American history lesson for me yeah. uh, to learn about this moment. And and I remember saying, so I have a very specific memory. When this movie ended, mm -hmm. I said to Lisa, I said, wow, Bobby Kennedy saved the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, like these guys, these um, legendary names, John Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Khrushchev, these these names that are really big in everybody's consciousness but we don't know why you know, right pe people who didn't live it don't know why um that's a it, good way it reminds me a little bit of uh um I, I don't mean to keep going back to talking about my class no, but um i so i do a little lesson where i talk about the oklahoma city bombing yeah and uh my i ask my students to raise their hand if they've ever heard of it and typically nobody raises their hand mm-hmm now, sometimes one kid will raise their hand because they're they went to the museum. Yeah, but it, it's like you, so it just because it got completely overshadowed by nine eleven. Yeah, uh, that they just haven't heard of it. It's amazing how these gigantic moments of history get lost in time. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, the the Cuban Missile Crisis is is one of them. It is a great movie. I I I'm, was not expecting to hear it. <laughs> be on a top 10 list but yeah. uh exactly it's a good film. Yeah. great film all right uh let's move on to number eight chris okay so now we're in those last two i mentioned we were to do this podcast tomorrow they might be two different movies yeah um this movie has been in my top 10 list for as long as i've known you and it'll probably be in my top ten list till the day I die. Okay. Um, and that's the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Uh, the old uh, 1930s, I believe, 1936 maybe movie. Uh, John Ford. Um, my favorite old-time actor, Henry Fonda. Uh, the movie's funny, sad. Um, tragic, uh, insightful. The the preacher, one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite performances from an old movie. Um, yeah, just all of it. I just that movie really speaks to me. And I, I've I it's one of the things where I watched the movie first and then read the book later. Okay. And obviously, it's a John Steinbeck novel and uh, great adapt adaptation. Um, really got the heart of the book down on film. So love that about it as well. So why why does it really speak to you? I mean, is it, um, what about it is uh, so resonant? I, I think it's the fact that um, I'm, you know, 
I'm a, I'm definitely uh, what you would call like a, I don't know, people would derogatorily call me like a liberal pinko or whatever. Like, (laughs) I just, I I just love the idea of the movie of, um, you know, the the plight of the working man, the, Mm. the plight of the poor and the dignity of the Joad family and um, their fight for, you know, survival on this planet. And it just speaks to me that, uh, you know, I think, I just wish we lived in a more equitable and fair society. And this movie is about that the dream of trying to achieve that. And yeah, yeah that's just, that theme really, really speaks to me, really means a lot to me. Okay. Uh, again, a film I've seen once uh, at your mm. behest, I believe I, I saw yeah, it probably. because of you loving it so much, but um, yeah. But it's funny too. That's the other thing. Like, I like, I, it's got some good humor. The grandpa's funny and okay. I quote it quite a bit. Um, some of the silly things he says, like I, I want a whole mess of spare ribs. I'll say that to Lisa from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does Lisa yeah. know where it comes from every time you say it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we watch it together. It is funny too. Um, so uh, we every once in a while we would do hat guests when we draw to the hat, and we did bring my nephews in one time to put some movies in, and we were watching this, and uh, my uh, my nephew called it the old grapevine. <laughs> So are we going to watch the old grapevine? <laughs> oh, good. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go to my number eight. Uh, this is, I think, the most recent film on my list. Uh, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so um, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? No, I was not. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, let's hear it. I don't have a lot. I don't have anything big to say about it. I don't have any great political like um, opinions or or anything like that. I just I love uh, I love the way it's structured. Uh-huh. I love the international nature of it. Uh-huh. Uh, it seems I'm a sucker for anything historical because you know I love Thirteen Days. Yep, um, this fits into that. Um, the final what is it half an hour 45 minutes of the actual assault on right. the compound is yeah. incredible just as a yeah. filmmaking exercise and as a historical event yeah but I think the, probably the most affecting part of it is um, Jessica Chastain and right. the way she until the very end, she carries the role. She carries the film and is the driving force. I, I love it. And so there, another film where Jessica Chastain is the, the, the driving force is Molly's game, which didn't mm-hmm. quite make my list, but it could easily be in my, my long list. Love that movie. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm probably a little bit of a sucker for Jessica Chastain to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the historical nature of it as well, I think, is pretty crucial to me. Does it bother you that the movie's mostly debunked at this point? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think. I mean, yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. I did read. I did do a little bit of research before I made my list. Um, but no, I guess it doesn't really, because you know, a lot of 
whether it was stuff like exactly like that or stuff somewhat like that doesn't really matter those things still happen in our world right there are still people right. that are walking the streets of islamabad you know looking for people right you know that might be terrorists you know i, I so no I, it doesn't bother me too much one of the th see that movie is a genre of movie that i love too uh i love movies about main characters that are just doggedly determined yeah and not going to be thrown off by anything mm -hmm. um and she you know she believes that she's right uh in how she's approaching her the problem the particular problem she's trying to solve i love movies mm -hmm. like that and, yeah. and they just continue to pr pursue what they think is right yeah. all right let's move on what's your number seven uh, you're going to like number seven, Jess. Good. Uh, I got LA Confidential. Of course you do. Yes. La Confidential. La Confidential, yeah. One of the great, maybe the great movie-going experience of my life <laughs> because um, Lisa and I had bought tickets to go to, the, to see a movie, and when we were done, we decided we were going to stay and watch a second movie but sneak into the theater you and rebels we so we just saw we just saw the 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 headline above the theater said lock lock confidential <laughs> and and lisa and i as you said we're kind of film buff so we, we have no problem with subtitles we figured all right we'll go into this french subtitled movie it's fine we'll we don't mind uh one of Lisa's very favorite movies. Maybe her number one is Life is Beautiful, yeah. right? So, like, mm -hmm. subtitles were not going to be deterrent to us. So we went into this movie thinking we're going to watch this French art film and instead got... Um, I, I mean, I, I think this movie is a true masterpiece, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think everything about it is perfect. The, the scripts, the performances, the tone, the pacing... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I don't think there's a single flaw in this movie. And one of the other things I love about this movie too is something that that you first pointed out and that I think about all the time. Maybe the best names movie of all time. Oh my god. No, it's, it, I don't even think it's maybe. It is the best yeah. names movie of all time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jack Jackson. Yeah. Ed Exley. Ed Exley. Yeah, he's Dudley Bud Smith. White. <laughs> so, right. I mean, uh Pierce Morehouse yeah. Patchett. <laughs> and also um you know, on top of all of that, a great caper movie, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you got to figure it out. Yeah, and, and there's a twist. Yeah, there's a yeah. great twist. Yep. Yeah, and the 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 main uh, the main characters are all on diverging paths until all of a sudden they're on a converging path. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on this. Yeah, it yeah. might come up actually. It might come up in a, in a few minutes. Yeah, I'm wondering. <laughs> I. I have a list of predictions of movies I think you were going to have, yeah. and it's on my list. So I love the idea of you guys going into the thinking this is going to be a, a avant-garde French art house movie, and then just getting steamrolled by this absolute right. beast of a film. Yeah. Yes. Well, and uh, also, um, so uh, also my uh, my first exposure to um, Guy Pierce. Yeah. Well. Guy Pierce, crucially, it's worth talking about because uh, 
British listeners of a certain age and probably Australian listeners of a certain age, certain age will know Guy Pearce as being Mike in Neighbours. <laughs> so Neighbours was an Australian um, uh, soap opera that was on every day uh, um, in the evenings when I got home from school. And Mike was one of the main characters. And then uh, one day, <laughs> I don't ever remember watching this episode, but I remember like cricket commentators talking about it on a cricket broadcast once. Someone sent a letter to him saying, whatever happened to Mike? Because apparently <laughs> apparently Mike got on his motorcycle one day, said he was going to like go off and, I don't know, think about stuff or whatever. And then he, he never came back. He became a detective in L.A. Yeah, that's because Guy Pearce went, made it big. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite actors. Yeah, um, one of my guilty pleasures, Chris, is uh, well, Lockout. Have you seen Lockout? Mm-mm. It's also known as, uh, or like tongue in cheek, known as Space Jail. <laughs> no. It's a Guy Pierce movie where there's a jail in space, and he has to. Um, I can't remember. I think he has to break. He has to. Uh, he's, anyway, it's worth it's worth looking up. Lockout. Okay. Yeah. Lockout. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different kind of movie, and it's not you know. It's it's not Memento, it's not no. uh, LA Confidential, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. All right. Okay, you're gonna like my number seven, Chris. My number seven is Jaws. Oh yeah. I mean, I right. couldn't. I'm not. I don't want to talk too much about it because it might come up later. I'm guessing, but. Well, we did a whole podcast about yeah. it too. So. I just love spending time in Amity. You know, right. on top of the great movie that it is. The world yeah. building is just, it's just a, you can just put it on the movie and you just bask in what it's like to be in Amity in the seventies. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm there a hundred percent. I love, you know, in terms of the, the shark stuff is almost irrelevant to me now. You know, there are a few uh-huh. bits of it are like, oh my God, that's, you know, like the scene when the, when Alex Kittner gets gets taken is unbelievable it's so well done but actually i just i love being i just love being in the film i'm trying to think what i was listening to a podcast um where they were talking about jaws and and somebody said something like the scene where um chief brody at the very beginning he's walking through town and, and somebody mm-hmm. comes up the old man comes up and mm-hmm. says those kids karate chopping my fence yeah he's like if the movie had not been a shark movie and that was going like the movie was going to be that. He goes, I'm in. I would have watched <laughs> yes. that movie, right? Like if this yeah. is about Chief Brody and all his little fires he has to put out in this small town of Amityville yeah. and, or Amity and all these uh, quirky characters. He goes, yeah, this w- would have been amazing. Yeah. I would have definitely watched yeah. that movie. Well, that, that's yeah, that's a perfect way of describing it. Uh, so let's move on because um, you know we, we've said a lot about Jaws and we probably say more later. What's your number six? All right, so six is a movie I've already mentioned. Uh, Lisa's favorite movie of all time, I believe. Uh, I got life is beautiful. Okay. So, hasn't there been a little bit of uh, backlash from Life is Beautiful, like in Hollywood circles? Like it's probably it wasn't. It's not as good as we kind of thought it was when it was first released. I guess it's irrelevant, but absolutely this is a polarizing movie. Mm. Uh, It's interesting too, because I do think in some ways at times I can be a cynic. Yeah. Um, And 
if you're a cynic, this movie, like this movie, schmaltzy, and 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 ridiculous, and hammy. I mean, it's uh, Roberto Benigni's performance at the Oscars, you know, which was just over the top and ridiculous. Mm. Uh, typically, I would be somebody that would be like, ugh, this guy. But um, this movie just works for me. Um, and uh, I, I think, um, I think it's one of the most powerful experiences I ever had was Lisa and I went and saw the film in tears at the end. Mm -hmm. We kind of get ourselves together. We get in the car, we're driving home. We're talking about the movie and I have to pull over to the side of the road. And we're both sobbing again. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and what she said that, that, that triggered me, that set me off, is, uh, gosh, I'll, I might get a little emotional here just saying it now. Mm-hmm. Especially, like you said, we both, you know, lost our fathers recently. And she's like, it's just so beautiful how much he loved his son. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like... Uh, I, I get it. The movie, does, it's not LA Confidential, right? LA Confidential, I think, is a flawless, perfect movie. Yeah. This is not. I, I'm not even sure this movie should exist. Uh, again, I teach this, I use this movie in class, and one of the discussions we have in class is, is it offensive? Like, it's not making light of the Holocaust, but it's not making the Holocaust seem that horrible it's something that apparently you can deal with with a few jokes uh, yeah okay i so, think it makes the holocaust holocaust seem pretty horrible awful yeah to well the, yeah i know what you mean, it's it softens it just, it's not schindler's list hmm. yeah um and but i don't i don't approach the movie that way i just again i just see it the just the beauty of this man this clown who um, and I say that in an endearing way, a clown. Yeah. This, this this clown that um, that just just displays love. That that's you know that's that's the driving force of, of who he is: his yeah. love for Dora, mm-hmm. his love for his son. Yeah. Great. Choice. And I I don't know if I necessarily actually believe in that message, uh, but I like to pretend I do. Well, that's fine. It's your list. You can pretend as much yes. as you want. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, my number six is L.A. Confidential. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you've said everything really about it that needs to be said. Uh, I think I have a an extra little personal connection with it because uh, speaking of, you know, parents and things, and I obviously had a very strong connection when it came to movies. I came I had a strong connection with my mum, and my mum absolutely loved this film as well. Mm. Uh, and so that's part of it. But, like... Aside from that, it would still be on my list. Everything that you just said, I agree with. Uh, and I, I want to take a little bit of credit, Chris. And um, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure between me and this film, we're responsible for you getting your, your, your first job in schools. I'm pretty sure. I told you to ace them at the grand jury. You wear a smart-looking suit and ace them. <laughs> When you went for your job interview, and that was the job that you got, got you into the school system, I believe. So, um, yeah, all this talk of you, all of this talk of you in your class, that's uh, that's because of LA Confidential. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I will not correct you. <laughs> okay. Uh, like I said, about life is beautiful. I'd like to believe it's true. Yeah. Okay, listen, um, we're going to take a very quick break. All right, Chris, let's hear your number five. Uh, before we do our number five, Jess, I just want to do something real quickly. Mm-hmm. Can I give a shout out to our listener in Kelowna? Yeah, of course. All right. I don't know who you are, but uh, I'm guessing you know me, I think. Uh, and I'm glad you're listening to our podcast. Uh, please contact us. Email at yes. smallstuffcast.com. Let us know who you are. We would, we'd love to hear, hear from our listeners. Uh, okay. Yeah, go. Five. Number five. All right. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I here I say like I'm I consider myself kind of a cynic. And then number cynic six is life is beautiful. Number five or six is uh, life is beautiful. Number five. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> um, uh, so I started about 20 years ago. I made it. A, a, it's a tradition. I I get all my Christmas Eve. So for our family. We open presents on Christmas Eve um, that we give to each other, mm-hmm. and we get together and we have our big meal. That's our get together night. And then Christmas morning is just me and my wife and the kids, yeah. and we open our presents from our stockings. Yeah. And um, so, for me, it's always been Christmas Eve. All the responsibilities have been done. Uh, the kids are in bed, and then I put on life is. Uh, it's a wonderful life, mm-hmm. and. Um, what's been cool over time is when the kids got older and then they knew there, there was no Santa, Mm. um, the two of the three started picking up the tradition and watched it with me. Mm. So, um, uh, I, I, I cry at the end of this movie every time. Okay. Uh, when, uh, the town comes through to save George. Um, it gets me every time, but, uh, yeah, I just, I love this movie. I, again, I, I, I love this movie in a, in a similar way to the, what I love about Grapes of Wrath. Um, right. It's, it's the story of the little guy fighting against, you know, oppressive powers and coming through and winning, um, but it's also like a story of like what I'd like to believe life is like. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean it the way I say it. I don't know, know that life is like this. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm probably a cynic at heart, but I don't want to be a cynic. So I try to focus on other things and believe in the goodness of people. And I love life is beautiful just reaffirms the way that I hope and want the world to be. You mean it's a wonderful life? I, but they, I keep saying life is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Life. Well, that's why you have, when you have two movies back to back that have the word life in, you're gonna you're gonna yes. have troubles. <laughs> um, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, I wish I'd seen it more often. I've seen it once or twice. Um, enjoyed it both times, but I have nothing profound to say about it. I'm afraid. I'll be watching it here in a couple months. Mm. Uh, I think this is probably the most obvious pick potentially for any of us at my number five it's the godfather 
Oh, so I used okay. to I used to say that the Godfather two was um, my favorite of the two, but I, it's not the the first one it's is not. my favorite. No, the first one is my favorite. The first one is as good as everyone says it is. I mean, the second is too. Um, right, may, the second may even be better than the first. But personally, I prefer the um, the first one. I, I don't even think we need to say much about it. It's just it's amazing. Well, I'll just ask you this as a bit of a tangent. Have you, have you watched um, the version of it called The Godfather Saga? Mm, don't think so. Um, I don't know if Coppola put it together or not. It's There's no new footage in it. It's just somebody went and edited the two movies together to be one movie. and it, But it's done in chronologically. Yeah. 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 No, I haven't seen it, but something that I should seek out really because it's um would be interesting as a academic exercise more than anything else yeah as much and, as anything else and i think it includes the third one yeah which but whatever whatever yeah. <laughs> stop watching yeah. after six hours yeah. um i think to your point about how some movies could like duck in and out of this list you know like depending on what day it is you probably asked mm-hmm. me in a year's time. I would say actually, Godfather Part Two is my mm-hmm. number five, uh, but I think for now it's um, it's the original. All right, number four, Chris, go. All right, so this movie is if you were if I wanted you to understand who I am mm-hmm. as a human being, mm-hmm. I would say go watch this movie. Oh boy, uh, my number four is Contact. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jodie Foster. Okay. Um, um, remind. I've I've seen it once, a long time ago. So give me give me what that means. She's the scientist. She's analytical, um, and uh, she doesn't believe that the universe is mysterious. She just believes it's scientific mm-hmm. and mathematical, but. Um, things happen along the course of the movie that challenge what she sees and she comes to realize that she doesn't know anything really and it's just a humbling experience for her to realize that she's small and minuscule in in the scope of the universe and that's kind of how I feel I have a very scientific analytical view of the universe but this movie reminds me that that's because I'm limited and I know nothing. And it's humbling to remind myself of that. Yeah. That's good stuff, Chris. Yes. Well, good stuff. And it's also just a great movie. It's a, I, so one of my favorite storytelling tropes is what if, but I like realistic. What if, so like, I think this movie does a pretty good, like, well, what if we did get signals from aliens Mm. and this movie captures like, yeah, I think, you know, there'd be a religious element to it. There would definitely be a military element to it and a government element to it. Mm. Um, I don't know if you watch, uh, a a TV series called the boys. Uh, no, but it's on my list. A number of people have told me I need to see it. I love the boys because the boys is, well, what if there were superheroes? And then one of their answers is, Oh yeah, well, they it's we live in capitalism they would be marketed they would become commodities just like pro athletes they would sign contracts and 
so um, I just love that storytelling trope of what if. By, by the way, just quick side ad, that which is why I wanted to love the TV show True Blood, the old vampire show. And yeah. uh, it made me mad because they asked, well, what if there were vampires? And the answer was, I bet you there'd be lots of love triangles. <laughs> I say, like, that's a bad what if. <laughs> Not if you're in one of the triangles, um, Chris. That's why I love Walking Dead. Mm. All right, well, what if there were zombies? Mm. I think it would be something like this. Uh, what was... Um... What about uh, Last of Us? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. that exactly scratched that itch. Yes, yes, perfect. Okay, my number four is is Heat. Okay. Michael Mann's movie with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Yeah, this is, there's a pattern forming here. You tell me uh, what your film is and you connect it beautifully with uh, something personal and deep and meaningful and i tell you that <laughs> my movie is this because it's really cool <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah that's it that's it i love heat i love uh, i love the the tone of it i love the 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 way it's made like i, I how real it is how it's mm-hmm. just about people doing their jobs, uh, where those mm-hmm. jobs happen to be, uh, you know, outliers in society, so to speak, a criminal and a homicide detective. But uh, I just love the processes that they go through to do those jobs and the discipline they require. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's got the, the greatest action set piece ever put to film. In the shootout, you're talking about the opening, the the bank robbery, the shootout. It's if if it was just that set piece alone, I think it would be in my top ten. It's just, yeah, I just love it. Well, I I can't believe you're bearing the lead on this though. Uh, This movie just also features a scene where, uh, height of his powers, Al Pacino sits down and has a scene with in his prime Robert De Niro. Hmm. That's yeah. uh... Is there, I don't know if I could think of a better example of two in the height of their powers, actors having a scene together. No, I think you're probably right. Um, De Niro and Pacino. That scene is uh, not that important to me in terms of my love for this film. I mean, I, I, I get the, I get its significance. Yeah, uh, and I was excited for it when, when I knew it was coming. Um, but it, right. in hindsight, I was like, okay, yeah. Good. Oh well, because the rest of it is scene. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you what? Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Just, I also think it's a great scene, mm-hmm. right? Like okay. the their interplay with each other. And uh, did Michael Mann write the movie too? He did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the dialogue between the two of them is so great because they. It's what they don't say to each other mm. in that scene, right? They're yeah. they're playing it kind of coy, and they're, they're playing cat and mouse. And oh yeah, that's a great movie. Um, Jess, you're a member of the you you watch the rewatchables, right? Or listen, sorry, to the rewatchables. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that's that's the that is the the patron saint movie of that. Yeah, they've done it three of, times now. of that podcast, um, which they've done three times yeah. now. But I'm also. Uh, I'm a I'm a member of the Rewatchables Facebook page. Okay. And uh, you would fit right in. 
yeah, there's a good lot of heat to talk. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of okay. people have heat in their top five on that page. Well, okay, I'm, there you go. I fit in. Yes. Right. What's your number three? What okay, deep and so, deep and meaningful movie have you got for me next? Well, I've got another one for you, oh, and um, so it. when we talked before about I had a hard eight, mm-hmm. I even have a harder three. Okay. These three have not changed. Well, I guess I'm spoiling a little bit for you here, but um, number three is Glory. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Civil War movie with Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington in, if we're doing all-time Oscars, probably be on my nomination list for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Morgan Freeman's performance in this movie and again, you know, I, this kind of comes back to what I've said several times, right? I mean, talk about the ultimate underdog movie, these um, slaves and former slaves that are just fighting for their freedom. Yeah. We're seated at the table. And um, the the last moment in the movie, well, just that whole last scene, where the last part where they storm the fort at the end. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, every single time when they when they show Matthew Broderick and Denzel get their bodies dumped into the trench at the end together, that's just I don't know. That's as good a movie moment as there is for me. Yeah. Well, I I had it. It was on my in my list of movies that I knew you'd say, or I thought you'd say. Yeah. Uh, Glory was top of my list, so yeah. I knew I knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I love the scene where they uh, where there's they're singing towards the end, and Denzel gives that little speech where he says, "You're my only family I ever had," and uh, uh, just so many parts of that movie are just great. I, I would actually put this with LA Confidential. I think this is also a perfect movie. Okay, yeah, like um, not like Andy Andy's Andy's take on perfect movies, like Alien, for example, and then like he'd find lots of like things to complain about and critic criticisms of it you mean it like <laughs> yes exactly well i shouldn't i shouldn't throw, to, i shouldn't throw shade on andy he's not here to defend himself he's not here to defend himself but i was gonna say if andy was to try and throw shade and not saying he would but if he tried to show yeah. throw shade on glory I'd, i would tell him it's okay to be wrong yeah <laughs> okay my number three is three kings the um <gasps> david o russell yes yeah so i figured i'm gonna have three kings at number three and i'm gonna have two mules for sister sarah at number two and one flew over the cooker's nest at number one no i'm just kidding i'm Perfect. kidding no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no i so in terms you know this is don't forget the small stuff right for me this film is small stuff like this whole film right. is a small stuff. It's a movie that really nobody talks about. Right. It's and yet for me it is just. I, I, if the other two movies on my list weren't so flipping amazing, Three Kings would be num- my number one. Right. Yeah. I mean that, that goes without saying, obviously. But <laughs> but my point is, I would be very happy to have this as my favorite movie of all time. I just love it so yeah. much. Yeah. And I and I don't have again I'm, I'm I'm an empty vessel. I don't have any specific reasons why I can't tell you a personal anecdote that will connect me closer to this film um other than I think I, I 
probably think about this film more often than any other. Like I don't okay. know if I don't necessarily quote it more often than any other, but I think about it a lot. And uh it's I did a bit of reading about David O. Russell just this week and I learned a few things about him that kind of aren't so not good. nice. Hmm? Yeah, I said not good. No. But it, and, you know, it, I was like, oh, God, okay, am I going to wrestle with that? And I was like, no, no, I love the movie still. You know, I just. Um... I watched a David O. Russell movie last night. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, his latest one, Amsterdam. First one he made in seven years, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it just reminded me. I just, I like, I love his filmmaking style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I like the kind of kinetic, fast paced. Um, way he edits and uh i don't know jess correct me if i'm wrong in this i i have a memory that we saw this movie together in the theater maybe yeah i'm not sure yeah yeah we may have i mean i was i was living in the states at the time so it's yeah. very possible we were in kc I'm together so fairly certain we did yeah um also by the way uh, great use of public enemy in this movie yeah the soundtrack of this film is incredible that's kind of, like it. It just ticks all of my boxes. I think that's part of the the thing, you know. Like there's so much about it. There's such. There's great little moments of humor. There's there's some really um, meaningful kind of uh, almost sentimental moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some great action. The music's amazing. I love the filmmaking style as well. Like the cross process technique he mm-hmm. used to, to when he was. Um, you know, processing the film itself mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just uh, i'm i'm with you the kinetic nature of the of the way it's always moving and um yeah i'm with you it also captured a couple of actors like right as they were blowing up right mm-hmm. like george clooney wasn't he was right becoming george clooney yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, mark Wahlberg wasn't mark Wahlberg yet mm. yeah i mean and, I- uh, as a as a Mark Wahlberg role, it's um, it works so well for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously you know he's made some great movies and he's a good actor, but then he also makes some terrible choices. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this shows that he's he's actually great mm-hmm. when he when he when he needs to. Oh, you yeah. know who else is in it? Um, yeah. the uh, the actor that plays uh, maybe. Maybe Fionke. Yeah. yeah, she's one of the <laughs> refugee children. Yeah, yep. So great. Yeah, before she like, became big. You know, uh, I don't think you need to apologize or feel any shame for your top ten. You like cool movies. This is a that is a cool movie. Mm. Three Kings is cool. I think it it also had a little bit of a political element to Absolutely. it as well, which you know I yeah. I kind of to a certain extent see eye to eye with as well, which is great. Mm. Okay, so given what you said about um, your top three being set in stone, I could probably guess mm-hmm. what they're going to be, but I'm not going to. You tell no. me. What's your number two? JFK. Jeff K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at my own joke. Jeff K. Um, Jeff K. So I would say up until around, I don't know, 2000 maybe or 98 something like that i would have probably put it in my top 10 as well mm-hmm. come on then hit me what's the deal 
so um, I love the I so first of all I'm gonna just preface it by saying I I get all the criticisms of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a documentary. No. This is not a good historical uh, depiction, you know, in the same way like that. I know that 13 Days isn't a documentary, but I think it, it takes more pains to accurately depict mm-hmm. what happened. This is not trying to accurately depict anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a movie about, um, I think, what it truly takes to be um, a free human being. Okay. about what liberty truly is. And that is the ability to question and to think critically, mm-hmm. um, especially about political power. And um, uh, that, so I love this movie for that reason. Um, I just think just the notion of this man that, that saw the um, the Warren Commission and and just didn't go along, mm. just didn't say, well, we'll just accept it and move on, and and questioned what his government was doing and what was going on. I I just yeah, it's just such a compelling and powerful message to me to to always have just that awareness that always the world is trying to change and manipulate you yeah. and to be on your guard and not to be, a, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I always just say like, just, just to understand that everything comes with an agenda and yeah. everything and, is propaganda to a certain extent. Yeah, right? Yes, exactly. And you just have to measure it and understand when is it, you know, harmless and when is it harmful? Yeah. And the speech that he gives that, that Kevin Costner gives at the end of the movie you know, where he says, don't forget your dying king. And um, yeah, I just, that, that speech really speaks to me. But even besides all that, so mm-hmm. take that out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the best all-time cameo movie? Oh, so many. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. just... So you know the game, what is it, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon, yeah. yeah just as long as you've got JFK, you're fine. You can connect right. Kevin Bacon yeah. to everybody. <laughs> and so many people just pop in. Jack Lemon. Yeah. Uh, um, Walter Matthau, yeah. right? Yeah. Walter my favorite lines, right? Where he says, "That dog don't hunt." Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um, I've drawn a blank on the actor's name, but um, the guy that was Merle in The Walking Dead, where he says, "I'm from Louisiana, Chief," where he, you know who your daddy is because your mama told you so. Oh yeah, Michael Rooker. <laughs> yeah, Michael Rooker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, uh, Kevin Costner, by the way, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, not a cameo, but just, yeah, so many people. Gary pop Oldman. Up. Gary Oldman with a great performance. Uh-huh. John Candy pops in for a moment. Tommy yeah, like Jones. said, Kevin Bacon, um, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the list goes on and on. Just great little pop in performances. And on top of all of that, that the filmmaking expertise on show yes. is. I, it's uh, potentially unsurpassed. I mean, the editing is incredible. And yes. There's so much to love. The music, the soundtrack, the um, the cinematography. The um, Yeah, it's... I, I can't it's remember. Was this a conversation we were having about... I, I can't remember if it was you, about the best opening credits ever. Was that us? Yeah, Stop we talked about it briefly, yeah. 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 
Yes, it's um, yeah, with that that drum, the mm-hmm. drum beat, and the uh, Char- uh, Martin Sheen's voiceover mm-hmm. showing all the different scenes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Plus, uh, you know, um, it's got a great Kevin Costner performance at the center of it. I, yeah, I think he, yeah, like he does with Thirteen Days, he carries right. the whole thing, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the heart and soul. Without him, it doesn't work. So, yeah. so uh, I'm everything you said. I'm I'm on board with, and it could easily be in my top ten or my like my long list anyway. Right. But I can't get over because I'm somewhat I'm not like not a proper student, but I am somewhat a student of the assassination. I did uh-huh. I did a class at college um, about it. And I have read Gerald Posner's book, um, Case, uh, Case Closed. Right. Where he essentially debunks every popular conspiracy theory and, and plenty of the unpopular ones as well. Mm-hmm. And he does it so succinctly and um, with great clarity that as soon as the I tried to watch it. I tried to watch the film shortly after reading the book. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do it because I'm instantly like the first scene I see is like, well, I know that. I know that didn't happen. Right. And I know that that wasn't the case. I know she didn't say that. And it was, right. it was um, from a conspiracy or a assassination study or a conspiracy study. It's hard to watch because so much of it is fabricated and right. either just didn't happen at all. And uh, um, which is, you know, wish I didn't. I don't know. I don't wish I didn't know so much, but like, um, you know, if you go into a film with a certain eye, right. it, it can tarnish the the experience to a certain extent. Um, no, I understand that. Uh, I, I, it, it just doesn't for me. Like yeah. I said, I. But I also think the movie sometimes gets a little bit misunderstood because the movie does bring up lots of conspiracy theories. Mm. Um. But the movie doesn't believe all of them. Mm. It it just brings them up as the idea of like, there's lots of possibilities what happened. But at the end of the movie, he basically settles on one idea. Yeah. That it was CIA. But, and I get, if I read this book, I'm sure they'd be like, well, here's why it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. But That's fine. I, don't I, don't, I you know, I, I, I don't want to like, rain on the parade because as a, as a, a filmmaking uh, example of filmmaking it's it's almost unsurpassed for me exactly it's a masterpiece yeah, yeah so. actually you know what no i take it i hate your guy i hate your book i don't want <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a great book by the way it's great is it yeah yeah it's really good I hate it. <laughs> all right all right number one no or no no, number no. Two, I, so. you gotta have my number two first and i think you could probably guess mine i'm going for my number two i'm going I've got one or two here number two hmm I've got one or two guesses. Okay. I've got two movies that I thought would be on your top ten. We haven't said either of them yet. All right. So number two is The Bridge on the River Kwai. That's what I guessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember watching this when I was very young. And I obviously I didn't watch it all the way through. But it would have been a, at a Christmas uh, at my grandparents' house. And, you know, lots of movies are on at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I remember the end of Bridge on the River Kwai. And it was a memory that stuck with me for decades. 
without ever seeing it again. And then you and Lisa, I think, did the you watched all 100 films from the AFI's yes. top 100 of the the century, right? Yep. And you said to me uh something along the lines of the, the MVP or whatever is Alec Guinness of yeah. of that list. And it just got me thinking, huh? And you you mentioned Bridge on the River Kwai and his performance in Bridge on the River Kwai. I'm like, oh, I, I I remember watching that as a kid, or at least the end of it. And I have these these pictures in my head of what the ending was like, but I didn't understand it. And so on your kind of say so, I I watched it, and it just it blew me away on every level. Yeah. You know and. I, I was looking sort of specifically at Alec Guinness's performance, which is incredible. It's, um, you know, it's, it is potentially the, I don't know. I don't want to go, I, you know, it's not Brando and Godfather or whatever, but it's up there as one of the greatest acting performances of yes. all time. And, um, and on top of that, it's an incredible story. And right. a somewhat true, incredible story. Right. Yep. Again, I, it's me being a sucker for historic set pieces or historic documents if you like mm-hmm. um and then it's got this great sort of uh, i wouldn't call it necessarily a redemption at the end but this you know this um this turn that happens to to Nichols- nicholson right at the end when he realizes that this thing that he's done and yeah. um he literally says it what have i done yeah <laughs> what have i done which is the line right you said it yeah. to me like, is yeah. that the best line ever delivered in cinema right, history? Yeah. Uh, and it might well be. It might be. And it's also got the the whole... It's not just the prison camp stuff and the bridge stuff. It's the, the commando team that come in to blow up the bridge. It's William mm-hmm. Holden. It's... Um, oh, God, my, na- my, my mind is... Um, his name is escaping me. Jack... Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be any help. Just no, sorry. that's fine. I'll get there. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. The guy that plays Major Warden, he's great. And um, so, this is this is uh, oh Jack Hawkins, that's his name. This is a bit of an aside, but uh, a lot of that film was was obviously set in Burma, but it was actually filmed in Sri Lanka. Oh, okay, and. Uh, 2000 and well, it was last year, the beginning of last year, we all as a family went to Sri Lanka because Maddie was playing oh. cricket um, for the Wiltshire team, Wiltshire team yep. for that age group. And we went on, we were in Sri Lanka. And so the first hotel that it said that we were going to stay out was at the Mount Lavinia Hotel, uh, but we couldn't stay there because it was being used as a COVID hospital. Oh. So we had to stay somewhere else, which is no hardship because they were beautiful hotels. But Mount Lavinia was where the hospital that um, William Holden's character goes to in right. the film. And the Botanical Gardens, where they filmed a lot of the stuff that our commando training facility is right there. Yeah. And so had we been in that hotel, I would have been able to see all these amazing locations that I recognize from the film. <laughs> and some of the trees are the same as they were in the film. Wow. They're still the same. My, my um, the tour guide we had was telling me that. Uh, so yeah, I plan to go back to Sri Lanka at some point and go to those places. Um, because would you have blown up a bridge? I would have. 
I don't know. I would have maybe carved my name in it or something. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the tour guide said he knew where the, the those he knew the river where those films were seen. Uh, those scenes were filmed, rather. Yeah. Um, would have been amazing. But yeah, Bridge uh, and by the way, not inconsequential. Uh, also, like one of the great earworms of all time, right? Like that oh, little whistling don't tune. Start, when they come don't, in. don't don't start whistling. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say real quickly on that movie too, Jess, that uh, uh, did not get into the hat. And again, I have failed begging my children, would you please sit down and watch this movie with mm. me? And uh, has not happened yet. But it's on. It's one of the two or three that did not. I just need to do a new hat and be like, all right, we're watching it. Mm. Well, I made I made in in quotes my my mum watch it a few years ago not really knowing how she'd react to it, but I just wanted her to see this film that was mm. at the time, you know, my favorite, my top two, whatever. And we, we sat through the whole thing, you know, quietly, politely, as we always do. And then the, the, the final scene happens, the incredible conclusion. And I looked over to my mom and she was, she had tears in her eyes and she's like, yeah, you know, so I could tell it affected her in the way it affected me. It affects me every time I see it. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I say interesting because when you were about to say how she reacted, I was waiting to hear you said she reacted to it. And one of the, you know, I keep talking about how I'm having trouble getting my children to watch some of these movies. And that is because doing this hat exercise with my kids mm. did, did cause me to realize, and I look at my list and it's true on this list, um, the movies of our, that we've enjoyed over our lives mm -hmm. Not 100%, because I know Catherine Bigelow directed one of the movies on your list, but almost exclusively are made movies made by men for men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very aware of that when I was putting my list together. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, it's a favorite list. It's a favorites list. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, I guess that makes sense, right? It's yeah. made for me. Right. As a man. But I'm thankful yeah. to, um, especially my oldest daughter has uh, introduced me, you know, to... Um, more diverse movies yeah. um so uh oh, i'm drawing a blank on the woman's name the woman that just directed barbie uh oh no yeah i know who you mean my god anyways you know like yeah. watching her movies like lady bird and little women and, and but yeah she's just exposed me to some other diverse types of filmmakers and uh i'm appreciative for that but Good. i still love the movies i love i'm yeah, not gonna apologize for it but um okay so speaking of which Let's come down to your number one. I yeah. literally have no idea what this is going to be. Right. Okay. So uh, my number one movie is The Flintstones uh, from <laughs> 1994. Uh, no, obviously Jaws, right? Yeah, Jaws. Um, yeah. And the only thing I'm going to say, because I've said everything, mm -hmm. we did a whole podcast about it, uh, is that uh, I was telling a little story. Uh, Jess and Andy and I do sometimes exchange communication on whatsapp and we were just i was just telling the story of uh there was a brief moment of weakness uh where i decided that jaws wasn't going to be my favorite movie anymore and you were you wouldn't have it <laughs> no shut it down. i won't no. hear it yes exactly <laughs> and so uh you insisted that of course it was and i and i think i was it was exactly what you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast i was having a moment of like you know, like, well, what if people don't like that that's my number one movie? Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, it's your favorite movie. <laughs> of course it is. And you kind of snap me back to, you're like, oh, yeah, like, 
this movie is the most important movie of my life for all the reasons that I've talked about. Like I said, we did a podcast, but I don't want to go into details. But uh, thank you to Jess yeah, for I, reminding me of, of my roots and who I am. I will take all of the credit you wish to throw my way. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, got you I know your, you're I, number one. I got you your first job, just so we're, I, and, and I kept your number one sacred. Um, can I? You want to say can it? Can I say your number one or do you want to say it? No, you say it. Nah, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course it is. Yes. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, not to be confused with Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, because that's like a ridiculous mutation of the title of the film. <laughs> when it was first released, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, okay. and so it will always remain. Oh, it's, it's the most entertaining, uh, most exciting um, way I can spend a movie watching time. I just, right. it, I am never not entertained by it, uh, which is nonsense because you could say that about almost every film that you love. But I, it connects with me on, on many different levels. I think partly because of the first time I saw it. Again, I mentioned my mum. She's really important in my movie-loving mm -hmm. life. Uh, we went to the cinema together to watch it when it mm -hmm. first came out, uh, which connects me to her in, in a sort of historic sort of way. Which, but that's not really why I love it, but it's just another, it's another, right. another fuel. It's more fuel to the, the fire of that, right? Uh, and Harrison Ford was by far my favorite movie star growing up right. and i wouldn't say he necessarily remains so to this day but i think you can't detach from the the child you were when you were first getting into the things that you love right you know that's it's a crucial part of you and so that's that's really important to me but he's um he's so uh He's everything an action star should be uh, for me because he's relatively ordinary. Yeah. Uh, and he's not... I feel like uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard kind of... It, as, as great as that is, as iconic as that role is and that movie is, it, it doesn't quite do it for me. And obviously people like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and The Rock and whatever, they, they don't, sure. don't quite do it either because they're not real. Whereas... <laughs> Professor Professor Jones is is real. There's there's more to it than that though, mm. and and the reason why I say that is because famously uh, the role was first of all supposed to go to Tom Selleck, yeah, who's a fine actor. I love Magnum PI, right? Okay, yeah. But there is an aura to Harrison Ford. There is just a magic uh, when he's on screen. Mm that I don't know, maybe I could name five actors all time possess mm. uh, that Tom Selleck doesn't have. And it's no, again, nobody has it. There's only just a very few. And Harrison Ford has it. And mm. when he's on screen and he's Indiana Jones, you're captivated. Mm. How can you not watch him play that role? And it's the same with Han Solo, right? Like yeah. he just, there's just something about watching him on screen. Um, so I, I, 
I uh, 100. Do you have anything else to say, or do you mind if I use this as a segue to kind of bring up something overall? Uh, no, I do have a couple of things to say. And I, I, okay. Partly because uh, it ties in slightly with the fact that he's a, even though he is an incredibly charismatic regular guy, he is just a regular guy. Uh, and the opening scenes in the university where he's teaching, uh, and then when the army intelligence guys come to talk to him about the the arc those are they're probably my favorite scenes in the film mm. you know if we do a small stuff episode which we're going to <laughs> on raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark at some point i will talk a lot about those scenes because of how much i love them uh, and how important they are to me but also to the film because they underline the fact that you're about to see this guy do some you know incredible stuff he's gonna fight a nazi boxer uh, <laughs> in a, just next to an exploding plane with a lethal propeller uh, but he's also a professor and right. you know and he's engaging in that in <laughs> in that job like people yeah. want to listen to him the mm -hmm. student anyway yeah so yeah i um you know the the action speaks for itself but it's uh, all of the stuff that isn't the action that actually i come back to every time i think about that film like the sequence mm -hmm. When they are in the 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 ship, him and Marion, and uh, <laughs> she she turns the mirror over and it hits him in the chin, right? And you, and you hear him scream from outside yes. of the ship, and yes. the sequence where she's kissing the parts of him that don't hurt, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That those are the almost the scenes that mean more to me than yeah. the greatest action film ever made, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, it. Do you have any opinion on the uh, <laughs> on the the idea that was proposed several years ago that uh, that Doctor Jones actually doesn't matter to the plot of the movie? Oh yeah, it's true. Of course it is. <laughs> Everything that happened was going to happen, but it doesn't matter. It's the journey you were on, isn't it? It's so funny. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so I'm going to segue into kind of a final kind of thought. Oh, here I, I should I should also say that um, Karen Allen as Marion is uh is like one of my favorite um movie women oh yeah everything about her i love absolutely yeah. okay yeah. now now go with your thing well i just my list more so than yours but i think i i detected this quite a bit on your list this goes back to our discussion about the greatest athletes of all time mm. and that um we're predisposed to you know the athlete of our youth when we were yeah coming of age. And I do think a lot of these movies are about who I was when I saw them. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think Indiana Jones is a great example, right? Like you were the perfect age to see that movie. Yeah. And it also was creating a genre of movie that did not exist yet. Um, that has been copied endlessly. So like I, I do, I am aware like when, you know, if I, I ask my children to go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, that they're not as blown away by it as you and I were because it's been copied. Mm -hmm. And, but when we saw it, no movie like this had ever existed before. Yeah. Same thing with star Wars, which yeah. by the way, not on either of our lists. No, I know it's, uh, I was going to ask what are our, our big omissions or surprise. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Jaws is a formative movie for me as a child. It's yeah. the first movie that really had a visceral effect on me. <laughs> um, the movie glory. I, I, you know, I saw when I was, 
a teenager and, and this movie about justice and this idea of justice and what's right and fighting for what's right. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, almost all these movies I saw, I was probably in my mid to early twenties or younger. Yeah. And, um, because, you know, when you, it's just harder to be impressed by a movie as I get older yeah. because I've seen this already. Mm. I've seen some version of this. Are there any newer films that were close on your list? Yes. So I'll, I'll, I can name three right off the top of my head yeah. right away. Uh, I already mentioned Tar. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, two movies from last year. I also think Everything Everywhere All at Once is okay. amazing. Yeah. Um, a movie that I have, have had in my top ten because I do tinker with this list. I keep this mm -hmm. list and tinker with it. <laughs> uh, I didn't have to sit down and make a list when you talked okay. about this project. Yeah. Um, in the la in the last few years, the movie Moonlight okay. has popped on and off. Yeah. Um, so there are movies that I've seen recently. Going back, it seems recent to me because on well, to you because we're old, but. 2005 actually isn't recent. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, uh, you know, um, a movie like Zodiac yeah. could be in my top 10 right now. Um, I would say, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on the name for it? Uh, no Country for Old Men. Okay. Yeah. Is another one. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Inception. Okay. Could be on there. I could put that on there. But again, Inception's an, a, a good example that kind of proves what I was talking about. The reason I love Inception so much is because I'd never seen a movie like yeah, that yeah. before. That's true. That's true. It's just so rare to see. Another one would be um, Gravity. Yep. And I, I saw Gravity under the most incredible circumstances. Um, Lisa and I had decided to see five movies in the theater in one day. Maniacs. Yeah, we talked about this, and, actually, didn't we? And uh, Gravity was the last one, and we were tired, and we weren't going to go. Mm -hmm. And then we decided, you know what? We said we were going to do this. Let's do it. And it was an IMAX 3D at the end of a, just an exhausting long day of movies. And we're like, this movie better blow us away. Yeah. And it did. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my very favorite movie-going experiences. Mm -hmm. And I could put Gravity in my top ten. So I, I had a couple of more recent ones. So obviously Zero Dark Thirties in there. Um, mm-hmm. I could have put her in there. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I just that's a it's a five-star film for me. I mean, it's it's yep. It's elite level. And I could easily put that in at some point. Um I was considering putting Tenet in. Um oh, wow. Tenet gets a lot of heat from a lot of people. People don't particularly like it very much. Uh I I don't care about any of that stuff. And you know, I I as we have discovered, I like cool movies. <laughs> yeah, as far as I haven't seen it yet. Hmm? So I haven't seen it. Oh well, it's like it's up there as one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Oh gosh, I gotta watch it. But it's nonsense. It's convoluted, and you know, it's Nolan doing Nolan to the extreme, and I right. mean, it gets a lot of flack for that, like being somewhat nonsensical and and too much, and you know, he's he's gone too far this time, that kind of stuff. Right. I don't care about any of that. As a film watching experience, I love yes. it. Yes. Uh, and it's cool. John David Washington is cool. The soundtrack yes. is amazing. It's just, yeah, anyway. The other ones that I toyed with that were like just on the bubble. So I rewatched Out of Sight thinking it might sneak in. 
Um, okay. But it didn't. It didn't quite. I mean, speaking of cool movies, though, I mean that's, that's right. Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, the one that was like nearly snuck in, but Field of Dreams just pipped it, is Fletch. Hmm. You know, we talked about uh, the go in the Ghostbusters pod, which you weren't a, a part of. We talked about you know favorite comedies and stuff. And, yeah. And Fletch is for me. That's my favorite comedy. I, I By the way, it. I love the Ghostbusters pod. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, it was really really entertaining. Uh, yeah, so Fletch was was right on the bubble. It's eleven for me. Um, Casablanca was on my top ten list for decades, and it's just dropped out. But it's probably because I haven't seen it for a while. I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd be like, oh, i got to make room for this now. Um, I was just about to mention, because you asked me if there's anything recent, hmm. and I listed some recent ones, and then I was going to say, by the way, Casablanca and Citizen Kane. Yeah. Uh, both of those could be in my top ten. They have been. Yeah. I think they're both brilliant. Uh, the other one that perhaps maybe not so uh, obvious is I would have put, put, could easily have put Rio Bravo in my top ten as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just it's just so like it's so likable and you know, it's easy to yeah. watch, it's fun, it's it's great. It's great. I mean it, it's the whatever it is, the fifties version of cool. You know, it's had right. Dean Martin in it and Ricky yes. Nelson. It's just yeah, awesome. Any other ones that nearly made it? Like you got a number eleven? Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. Love Fight Club. It's uh again, I think the time in my life when I saw it was an important movie to me as I was who I was developing as a person cool movie so in my um, in my uh, in my list of little, I wrote a little short list of films that I thought you were going to say or you might yep. say so I, I glory jaws contact JFK and grapes of wrath were all on there mm-hmm. on my little short list fight club was on my little short list as well yep and the untouchables the untouchables is another one that could have been yep okay yeah so I have like I have a list of movies that were like my original top ten. Yeah, I don't have that list with me right now, but like, Untouchables was like an original. So I was, I mean, I became a little bit of a film buff when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in high school, and so I, I like I got into uh, Fight Club, Aliens was one that was on there. The Fly, yeah. Dial M for Murder was like one original favorite of mine. Um, yeah, and and all those movies definitely. I don't know if those, I don't know if that movie would be considered for my top ten anymore, but it definitely has been. Uh, the Untouchables. I love that movie. Maybe it would be. I, I don't know. <laughs> just did the pod on and kind of rekindled my love for it. I do love it. Um, I was gonna just point out real quickly. Um, my top ten list does not have comedies on it, and that's on purpose. Okay, why? Because this is this this is kind of a dumb answer, but um, I just think comedies are different. It's just a different beast, and are way more personal. Mm. Like I could, with some confidence, show you a movie that I think is amazing, and I think you would like it because mm. it's an amazing movie. If a com- if a comedy doesn't make you laugh, yeah, yeah, then it's failed in your eyes right right? yeah Yeah. so there's not a whole lot about craft that goes into a comedy either you think it's funny or you don't so i just have a separate list of my favorite comedies um 
I'll just go over them just real quickly. Uh, the Naked Gun yep. is my all-time favorite comedy. Amazing. Uh, Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Um, Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be, you know, right at the top of my list of movies that have made me laugh the hardest. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, um, no... Re- I don't know, though. I think... I guess in your head, if you separated them, there's nothing There's nothing you could do to re-assimilate, I guess. So it's fine, you know? It's your list. It's your thing. But for me, I yeah. I don't mind that. You know, I don't... Like, Fletch makes me laugh every time. I quote it more than any other film. It's... It, if I would have had no problem putting in at number 10 if I hadn't just watched yeah. All the Dreams. Uh, so... Yeah, I guess and I know some of my films are pretty funny. You know, like Three Kings is funny. Yeah, it's it's, all, yeah. it's a it's like a dark, it's a black comedy or whatever more than it is anything else. So, um, right. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Thanks, Chris. Um, I think that might do it. Are you? Are you anything else you wanted to? Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. And just Miss Andy, wish she was here, but yeah. Well, we will do this. Um, we probably won't include you, Chris, uh, unless you want it. We, you know, you're available, and we get the timings right. But we'll do this with the others. We'll get Andy and Jess on on an episode, and we'll do this with them, um, and maybe uh, with yeah. the others as well, Griffin, uh, Morgan, and Mads. But um, yeah, so maybe by the end of this, we'll have top tens for all of the small stuff team, which would be pretty fun. Um, right. And just uh, I guess last thing to say before we go, if you're yeah. in Kelowna. Send us a message. I want to know who you are. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I don't, I'm not going to sign off with anything about what we're going to be doing next time because uh, it's too up in the air. But um, uh, we will. Uh, I'll we'll... tell you what, that's what we should maybe do is yeah. uh, and we both have LA Confidential in our top 10 and we haven't done it yet. So, yeah, that's true. Hint, hint. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. All right. Good, good shout. We'll, uh, that'll be on the, the long list of uh, movies we're doing next. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll uh, see you next time on Don't Forget the Small Stuff.